1: I'm just hearing about the uh, putting out clips before the full episode.
0: I mean, that's, I feel like that really only happens in hip hop. I don't see people doing it in like the comedy space or the YouTuber interview space or anything. But in in hip hop, they do it.
1: To me, it would make more sense if it was a shorter clip. Mm. Like five to 15 minutes feels like such a sizable chunk of the episode that People maybe already got their it scratched, where if it was like a much shorter clip, it'd be more like a trailer for the episode. But
0: you know, it all goes back to DJ Vlad because he's basically the dude who like wrote the playbook for what rap interviews were going to look like. And his thing has always been, he'll do a two hour interview with you and maybe he cuts it up into 15 or 20 clips. And those come out one per day, and then he puts the full thing online. And like as a result, you see all the smaller rap YouTube channels kind of like jacking that that delivery. And then we kind of ended up doing it too. And the thing, the thing that is good about it, though, is just that it allows you to if I have a Stevo interview, it's like here's a Steve-O interesting clip every day for a week or two weeks or however long, and then by the time the full thing comes out, it's like It's hard to, like, not notice those clips coming out. Like, seeing those in your subscriber inbox over and over and over just kind of, like, cements it into your head. Like, oh, this actually happened. Whereas sometimes, you know, you put out an interview with someone and if you don't really do clips, it's like, it just doesn't feel like you, like, really – Right. Took advantage of it. But
1: again, if you do that with a bunch of clips and then by the time the actual full episode comes out, people are like, oh man, I watched like the whole thing already.
0: Oh no. It is a weird thing.
1: Yeah. Who knows? Are we already on? I forget how you yeah, do
0: it. We could just jump in. Go, in dude, like, like nothing. Go.
1: Let's start by telling everybody what a kook I am.
0: Why? <laughs> why you want, why you say that?
1: Well, just because, man, like uh, we had this like <laughs> this, this misunderstanding where uh you know, you've got your, your team that, like, books the, the stuffs so, like, schedules the podcast. We were supposed to do this, what, like, uh, Thursday or Sunday? I don't know. A few days ago. Right. We were supposed to do it. And uh, and, and I'm like, yeah, okay, cool. So we're doing mine at 10 a.m. And, uh, and whatever. They were going to do Like, I knew you had to be wrapped by by 1.30 p.m., 10 a.m. So we get there, and, and it's, like, literally 10 on the dot. my guy's like, okay, I'm hitting record. And we're sitting there. And then, like, you know, it's been, like, an hour. And I was like, man, like, we've been sitting on our asses waiting for an hour. Like, I'm just going to go do, do my day, you know? And uh, then when I look back at the text, your person said, set up at 10 a.m. And I'm like, oh, well, oops.
0: Yeah, because <laughs> I, I really hate people who, like, are late or don't show up just because i deal with so many people who are late for the interview thing that to me it's like i'm always on time but the time that she had told me because i'm actually that morning i had texted laura while i was working out and i was like oh my god why do you have me at 10:30 for this interview you know i can't be there till 11 because i work out at 8:30. Ah. so if i'm done at 9 30 then i have an hour to shower and eat and then drive here so i basically need an hour and a half to shower eat and drive here and then I was and she's like, no, you're good. You're good because you only have to be there at 11. They're going to set up at 10. I'm like, oh, OK.
1: Yeah, I think moving forward, I think everybody's going to have a more like distinct.
0: Yeah, I would definitely <laughs> have thought twice about it if I had uh, known because I just
1: I, I hate the I... idea of
0: standing up. Steve, you can't stand up, Steve. Oh, well, He's I, been I through just... so much.
1: You know, It's just like uh,
0: that's it, like a like retired general or something like you just you've been through too much we owe you too much for your sacrifice man well hey
1: man i'm glad that we got it back on the books so quickly and i had a wildly productive day it was really great that uh that got me out of bed so much earlier than usual i'm not a morning guy you're not no not even
0: i feel like once you're in recovery and you kind of or even just when you become like an older guy in general you tend to gravitate towards waking up earlier
1: for me that's the case for sure I'd like I, I am not there. Um but but in any case, man, I started my day like pretty early. I got a bunch of stuff done. And uh and here we are on the no jumper, man.
0: Hey, we're here. But okay, what what time you go to bed and what time you wake up?
1: Uh, I, I'm I'll get in bed like one thirty in the morning. Okay. And I'll fight my ass off to sleep until at least nine. Okay. Like, I'd like I have basically a rule when I go to bed with my lady, like I I don't want any alarms. Set. Like I get very distressed if I'm going to have to set an alarm mm. for less than eight hours after I go to sleep.
0: Okay. I set mine for about seven to eight hours every day.
1: Yeah. And eight hours doesn't even cut it. Did, did Do you have the, the whoop? I did it, it
0: for a while. I'm currently off it, but I, I'm I thinking about it, getting dude. it again.
1: Dude, I Ooh. love it, man. Like it tells me like like the difference between how much time I spent in bed Versus how much time I was actually asleep and how much of that sleep was actually worth a damn.
0: Is it a big difference? Because I found when I did it that pretty much as soon as I get in the bed that I'm falling asleep. That's
1: good. But there's different stages of sleep, too.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because I thought that for sure I was going to figure out that smoking weed was like ruining my sleep. And I did not find that. It actually said that I was sleeping really good. And I was like very kind of distressed by that because I'm like I I got this bracelet cuz I thought it was going to tell me to stop smoking. <laughs> and instead you're telling me that it's kind of all right and I got a lung scan done. They said you're fine. Your okay. lungs look all right. So, so that kind of pissed me off too. I'm like why did I pay for this? You're supposed to tell me that I'm going to die.
1: So what's the underlying issue that's causing you to to seek a reason to stop smoking weed?
0: You know, I just kind of feel like it's the final frontier like i'm not doing anything else bad for myself but that's like the one nasty thing i still have like i'll have days where i do you know two hours three hours of working out in here five six hours on camera grinding it out go home take care of my kid i'm eating healthy all day got a good relationship with my girl but then i'm still smoking splits before i go to bed and you know that that's like i keep pushing it to later in the day i stopped for like a month and a half I got to get back on. I
1: mean my my question is is it a nasty thing because um
0: yeah, it's not that bad.
1: Like I uh can't do it, you know, mm. but but like people who have diabetes can't do sugar. Right. You know, it's not that sugar's a problem. It's just sugar's a problem for people with diabetes. Right. Like I'm an addict, so I can't do it. But if you're not like, you know, it's it's not in the way of your hustle. That's for sure.
0: Yeah. I just still, I kind of feel like, ah, it could be better. Like when I don't smoke, I feel better in the gym. I feel better doing cardio, et cetera. And so it's like, I know that I could improve my life with it, but somehow still, no matter how long I take a break for, like I'm about to go to Hawaii tomorrow. I'm not going to bring anything. I'm just going to have the little weed pen in case I need to, you know keep my, my brain in order.
1: Is, is flying with the weed pen cool now? Uh, they don't give a shit, I don't think. Yeah. It's so crazy how in our lifetime, weed went from this, like, pretty gnarly thing to, mm. like, whatever.
0: Yeah, that is weird. But if they catch you with a gun and you got weed on you, then I guess it's, like, a way worse charge.
1: Oh, yeah, wow.
0: Which I think is up. All right.
1: Because
0: I'm way more likely to shoot somebody if I'm not high. <laughs>
1: that checks out
0: that's just where i'm at i don't
1: know <laughs> can you imagine like yeah i have a gun but i have weed too so it's like, it's like, a, it's like a lesser charge if well there's got to are...
0: be like some level by which you could smoke weed that i don't know i'm not sure exactly how it's triggered so w- what has been going on in the life of steve-o since we last talked it's been like a year or so
1: I, it, it has been a while huh um man that uh i think uh, more of the same stuff, man. I've been doing this multimedia comedy tour. I just taped the special for it. Uh, I'm going out on the, the the last ever leg of the, the bucket list tour. Um, damn, this special is so good, dude. Really? It, it's, it's ridiculous. How many
0: years did it take you to cook this up?
1: Dude, I worked on this show for five years. Five years? Yeah.
0: Damn. Okay, so you're really like... Proven that you're taking it serious because I, I, from listening to Joe Rogan so much over the years, I get the idea that usually it's like a year to two years for a special.
1: Sure, it can be. It, it can be. I mean, the, like, uh, take the pandemic out of the equation and like a year and a half that there wasn't real touring going on, like right. that would crunch it down a little bit.
0: Right. You throw that in there, you really got uh, an extended break.
1: Yeah. But, but dude, I'm super, super stoked on it. It's a multimedia show. And, uh, I did just, Gnarly stuff that would never fly for Jackass. Mm-hmm. Like,
0: give me an example. Things um, that are too far gone.
1: Like you, you, we can't break the law when we're filming for Jackass. Okay. Um, we can't um, just because it's
0: such a big platform right, and it's through the studios, it's like and the whole and-
1: deal. So, um, one of my things was um, to get a medical professional in disguise. Administering <laughs> stolen general anesthesia drugs into an IV in my arm while I was riding a bicycle. What the hell? This is a fucking general anesthesia bike ride.
0: So, what? <laughs> you're just, just going to so... <laughs> pass out while you're doing it? or <laughs> That's
1: the idea. That, 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 <laughs> then, uh, you know what an epidural is? They put a four-inch needle into your spine.
0: Yeah, my girl got it when she gave birth. It just,
1: it just straight paralyzes you. Really? Yeah, they they inject a drug into your spinal cavity, which renders you paralyzed at least from the waist down. Really? So I got a, like a I got that, and I was rendered paralyzed in a full sprint.
0: And how'd that go? Like that like, one
1: was—that one was like the most messed up thing ever. So, because, so you just
0: like collapsed while yeah. you were in full sprint.
1: Yeah, for sure. And um, it was, uh, dude. Like uh, I shouldn't even say this, but it was—it was in a cop's backyard. <laughs> 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 um, it, it was so early, dude. So, and uh, once I collapsed on the ground, just like you know, my buddy just to start doing gnarly shit to determine how paralyzed I was. Right. It just got dark and, and, and creepy. It was my favorite thing.
0: Dude, that's like a level of entertainment that I think about sometimes of like, you know, you just remember it from Jackass and CKY and shit where like you you put your friend or you in a in a shopping cart and you just blast it as fast as you can across the parking lot until it like hits a bush or a curb or something and then the person falls down and you film it and that's, the joke, but I feel like <laughs> that kind of content in a lot of ways has not like made the transition into the social media age because I mean, I guess sometimes, you know, you would see Steve will do it, getting hot sauce dumped into his eyes and that kind of oh, thing. Didn't. That's very steve you know, but like at a certain point, a lot of that like self torture stuff didn't really make the transition to short form content on the internet. Uh,
1: I, I don't know Maybe that I'm I agree wrong. with that. I mean, if you look at uh, like, the show Ridiculousness. Mm. I mean, people are pretty active doing that kind of stuff.
0: Okay, so it's still happening. I'm yeah, just it's not happening tapped
1: in. I mean, dude, remember the milk crate challenge, dude, where yeah, they're like, You ever no, do that? No, God, no. Oh,
0: right? I was kind of tempted. I
1: want no part in that. I was dude. like,
0: Where the fuck am I going to get like 80 milk crates? Dude,
1: every single person. Ate shit in the most violent, upsetting way. Yeah. Like, no way I want to do that.
0: You know what it is probably is that my media diet is so hip-hop, and in hip-hop, no one is torturing themselves. (laughs) Right. In the same way that, like, I am just parallel with so many things that the world that I'm in considers gay as fuck. Because, like, the other day I was in an orgy and I was doing an Eiffel Tower with this guy, this French dude, which I thought was pretty funny that we were both, like, putting our hands together while we were both getting it in at the same time. And I keep asking my, uh, you know, street connects what they think of it. There's been a lot yeah. of blank stares, a lot of a lot of real I've, confusion about why I would partake in such a thing.
1: Yeah. I, I get it, man. <laughs> I get it. I remember... Uh, Speaking of uh, hot sauce in the eye, I, I had a uh, the, the late great prodigy.
0: Shout out prodigy. Pour
1: like a cup. We took a bottle of Tabasco sauce. We were at the G Unit offices. Took a bottle of Tabasco sauce and just emptied it into a cup. So it was like a good amount of. Then he just and then he dumped the cup into my eye. Whoa! And it was. Uh, I remember my 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 whole eyelid like got like, like all puffy like. It, it, it was a, a pretty good one
0: and you uh you requested this or that was his yeah, yeah for sure right for sure <laughs> and, and what was like your recollection of his response
1: I just I remember they, like you know kind of like uh, oh, man this crazy kid like <laughs> know, everybody got a kick out of it. it it's uh like that 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 was okay but right. I understand in the hip hop kind of uh culture once you get over into like anything sexual that has two dudes in the same spot like then it's not
0: anything gay doesn't really play that well (laughs) in hip-hop
1: which is unfortunate for
0: me it's like because you know a lot of my humor tends to go in that direction you know but yeah that's one thing that doesn't really make the translation and then i just think like the self-torture thing like you're just never gonna see a rapper like poking himself in the eyeball or anything i just don't think it's gonna happen right Dude, I was on a, a podcast the other day. This, this like this dating podcast called Whatever. And uh, they have a popping YouTube channel and stuff like that. And they'll they'll get a big panel of like ten people on it, right? What were you going to say?
1: I was just going to say, we were talking about hot sauce. Oh, yeah, yeah. I brought you a bottle of my own Steve-O's hot sauce for your butthole. How hot are we talking here? This this is the original flavor. It's not that hot. That one I've poured in my eyes a bunch of times. Like I'm not trying to pour it in my eyes anymore because now I need glasses.
0: No, definitely. (laughs) uh, I'm I'm dying to try this
1: out. Dude, that's delicious. I'm addicted to that stuff.
0: It looks like you have a BBL in the little cartoon here.
1: Uh, what's a bb
0: oh a brazilian butt lift it's where they like take the fat out of your stomach and put it in your ass which i don't actually think you should do that but and then you have a a, a stick of dynamite in your ass as well
1: yeah then there's the the, the, a much hotter version of it called steve-o's butthole destroyer hot sauce Mm -hmm. and that's the one where my ass is, is actually exploding on the label right
0: so this is more of like an everyday use kind of thing
1: that's everyday use it's it's Utterly fantastic and available on Amazon.
0: I love it. Anyway, on this podcast, there was one girl, OnlyFans girl or whatever. And probably at one point, like 80% of the comments in the chat were calling her Steve-O. Oh, yeah. Because (laughs) she talked like this. (laughs) And uh, we're also calling her RFK Jr. at a certain point because that's kind of like the other reference when somebody has a raspy voice. I
1: think Gavin Newsom. He has one? I don't know. I just remember that there was a minute where I was uh, working with um, a vocal coach.
0: Uh-huh.
1: Like I was like finding myself self conscious about it, and um, also I was I made a video called "Why My Voice Is So Messed Up," <laughs> and uh, it was kind of part of like that video. Um, and and the vocal coach I was working with um, said I really want like uh, to. Help Gavin Newsom with his voice. Really, I can't even think if I've ever even listened to Gavin Newsom talk before. But I just remember the coach saying that.
0: I know it says a lot that we could all live in this state, and you know, I would say I pay some attention to politics, and I really have spent almost no time thinking about who the governor of our state is. Right,
1: I know that I that he like. Got in some trouble. Yes, that's like the first that. thing
0: that comes to mind. Oh, yeah. he didn't wear a mask that one time right. three years ago. He yeah, like a
1: winery, <laughs> like a winery. Yes, or like no, a, the, the French dinner.
0: Laundry, which is like one of the yeah. n- the nicest restaurant in California. I'm pretty sure.
1: Right, that's all we know about him. Yeah, yeah,
0: and I watch the news, but I'm not really I, paying attention to this guy okay, too much.
1: Wh- wh- what news do you watch?
0: Oh, I mean, no, I don't watch the news then. I watch Twitter and TikTok and okay. whatever they serve me.
1: Because on my YouTube feed, like, I get, like, the NBC Nightly News with Lester Holt. Okay. Sometimes I'll only watch, like, you know, they'll, they'll break down, like, it's kind of like a table of contents in the intro, like, you know, like, Donald Trump got arrested, he's got a crazy mug shot, and there's, like, wildfires in Oklahoma, and this, you know, and, like, you can kind of just watch the first like minute or 90 seconds and you get all the news that's going to be on the show. Right. And if it's like particularly interesting, you can watch the whole 18 to 20 minutes.
0: I mean, I don't think YouTube even bothers to try to feed me that stuff. I think they just, (laughs) they just give me like YouTubers talking about shit. Like here's some guy in a basement and he's going to break down exactly what's going on with COVID. (laughs) Definitely. We're not going to show you NBC news telling you this. Right.
1: I, I, I definitely get the NBC news in my, in my feed. I get all the the MMA, UFC.
0: You watch a lot of that stuff? I
1: love it, dude. I'm addicted to it, man. Really? There's all these like MMA channels that just give you like the the news mm. in the the world of the UFC. And then I have just straight murders.
0: Murders. Murders just just but, like, yes.
1: Just just murder uh, like true crime, like there was a murder and and when they've got the Suspect in the interrogation room like I cannot get enough of that.
0: Yeah. Oh that stuff the interrogation room footage the just overall murder mysteries and then lately YouTube has been feeding me a ton of like this is something that happened with the hell's angels or this is the outlaw motorcycle club like all like any kind of gang like it's it's (laughs) it's almost as if they figured out like okay he's watched every video about like street gangs so now we're going to transition him over to the motorcycle gang thing.
1: Okay. Does a a motorcycle gang not count as a street gang?
0: I mean, to me, the main difference is that they're predominantly white because I've just watched like so many videos over the years of like different LA gang stuff or whatever. But lately, I'm actually watching it. And like when they're breaking down, like, oh, okay, this is how shit works in prison. Like for some reason, that just really works as like background noise for me when I'm doing other things.
1: Man, I watched this. this this YouTube video, it was called like how they tricked us into being addicted to content. Mm. And uh, it really, really both upset me at how clearly helplessly addicted I as well as everybody am slash is to content. And it also made me just feel so grateful that I'm a content creator. Mm. Everybody's just, it's this dopamine stuff. They're like, What did it say in this video? It says, like, if you set something up where, like, you know, you push a lever or something, it gives you five bucks. Like, everyone's going to push the lever. But then all of a sudden you switch the lever to give you, like, a hundred bucks. Then everyone's going to push the lever. But now if you go back to five bucks, people are just straight bummed. They cannot go back to five bucks. Mm. And so they applied that philosophy to, um, like, you know, you could go on a walk. People used to be able to go on a walk. But now, like, you, you start going on a walk while listening to a podcast. Mm-hmm. Now you can't go on a walk anymore. you got to be listening to a podcast. Right. And, like, the way that they just played it out, they just described this, like, addiction. This, like, we're addicted to constantly having that dopamine hit of something that we find interesting. Yeah. And it just, like, completely overrules our life. And ever since I watched that video, I realized, oh, my God, like... Yeah, you got to be careful
0: because you can mindlessly allow that constant search for content to like take over your existence. Like yesterday, I went out for a walk at night doing like an hour of cardio. And at first, as soon as I walk out the house, just immediately it clicks into my head. Like, oh, of course, I got to put a podcast on, put on some podcast about the fucking Republican uh, debate that happened the other Uh day. No real reason for me to need to listen to a 45 minute podcast about this, but you know, I'm listening to it for like the first 15 minutes and then I get a call or something. So I pick up the call, talk to somebody for five minutes. And then when I get off the phone, the the podcast does not automatically restart. So I'm just doing cardio for like 10 minutes, not listening to anything, just thinking. And then it hits me like, oh, like you, you let the podcast stop for the last 10 minutes. this is way better. Like I actually needed some time to really be able to think about what the fuck is going on in my life. But I just, without even thinking about it, as soon as I walked yeah. out that door, I put that podcast on in some ways. So that I wouldn't have space to think about my life. Right. You know, for
1: sure. For sure. It's uh, dude. It, it's nuts, man. It, it's, it's absolutely nuts the way, the way that it works, man.
0: And sometimes you really like, you, you see it through other people, too, where you start to realize that your content is filling a hole in people's lives where maybe they don't have a lot going on, but they're kind of, like, living vicariously through you. They're having yeah. opinions about you and your relationship and your friends, and they, they're, like— Deep into it, like they really are paying attention to the way that you talk to this person versus the way that you talk to this person, and oh, you must not respect this person, but you do respect this person, and like, there's people where sometimes you just wonder, like, (laughs) what else could be done with all this brain power, or what was the (laughs) what was the version of this in (laughs) the '80s and the '90s?
1: Right. Well, it used to be TV people. Yeah, which is even kind of sadder, right? Yeah, because at
0: least I can customize my media diet. Right. You know.
1: And podcasting made it so that people really get to know like the the you. Mm. You know, you can't like for you like what an hour every single day at least, you know, like you can't like put up some kind of a fake like facade of who you are, some some you know, like it comes to a certain point where when there's that much raw, unedited, unfiltered, just you having conversations people are going to find out what you're really like. So here's
0: a question. Do you ever find yourself when you've like, do you ever find yourself kind of having a hard time thinking a shit to talk about or where maybe you are scheduled to podcast every single week and it can become kind of difficult to like think of stuff that you really care about having a conversation about when you first start, it just pours out of you. Right. It's like so easy because right. you haven't done this. And then as time goes by, sometimes it starts to feel like, well, fuck, like, I don't really have anything that comes to mind that I'm excited to talk about right now.
1: It depends on who I'm talking to. There's some guests where like, I'm getting ready to go into it and I'm like, man, I better really research. Like I better, you know, th- come up with a game plan, like how I'm going to map it out, like mm-hmm. have stuff prepared. And and then there's other cases where I'm like, I just know that it's just going to, it's just going to flow.
0: Right. Because that's like the comedian thing It's to like, hang out backstage and just talk a
1: little bit. Yeah.
0: And when you're in that environment, it's hard to imagine running out of shit to talk about. Right. And then sometimes on the podcast, it just, it feels a little different, but also it depends on like what you expect of yourself as a podcaster. Because like the other day I listened to Joe Rogan interview post Malone for four and a half hours and they were talking about whatever.
1: And it was good.
0: It was pretty good, but it, it was wasn't good. like, There was no moment of like, like with me, when I think about, oh, if I sat down with Post Malone, I think I would want to ask him this, 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 and this, and like how he felt when this rapper said this thing or like this awkward thing that happened this one time. Like I would go crazy trying to just like put together stuff to talk about. Whereas with him and Joe, it was kind of like, Hey, let's just talk about archery for 45 minutes. (laughs) It's like, you could talk about archery with anyone, but you're in here with like one of the most famous pop stars in the world. You're the biggest podcaster in the world. And they clearly were just talking about whatever the fuck dude, came to mind, you know?
1: Dude, I had William Shatner on wow. my podcast. The dude is 92 years old. Jesus. Right? And, like, we just sat down and had this. this by the way, it was one of my, like, most top-performing podcasts in recent times. Or may, maybe not. It did, it did reasonably well. Right. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, and and I, I was, like, excited about it because my dad, you know, my dad's, like, 80, and 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 we talked about my dad because here I'm like, dude, William, man, like my dad turned 80 and like you being 92 and just so on it, so sharp and so they're just like makes me so happy because I think about my dad all the time, you know, and like so I sent it to my dad. My dad's like. Man, I'm disappointed in this. <laughs> really? He's like, you could have asked him about Star Trek. You could have, what was it like to do this? Like this prolific career, and you're sitting here just like talking about whatever comes up. It's like, it, it, my dad said. It, it felt a lot more like you we were watching you like have a conversation with him over dinner than like you taking the opportunity to really ask him this. this is like, wow, you've like, yeah, got that, like a
0: yeah. hardcore critique right there. Yeah, it's basically yeah. the same exact critique that I'm kind of right. putting forth for Joe Rogan right there. <laughs> <laughs> but okay,
1: but people, loved, people yeah. loved it. And like, you know, as I, I feel like if I did like get into like a Structured like okay now this question and and Captain Kirk and it's like that he would have kind of like lost interest in you know maybe maybe uh, He wouldn't have enjoyed it so much.
0: But your dad's like a real Star Trek fan
1: not a real Star Trek oh, okay. fan My dad's just a, like a logic machine. He's mm. just like a like Almost devoid of emotion like just hardcore businessman like you know is his mind is a calculator.
0: Right. Yeah. I mean, that's interesting because would you say that's a conscious choice on your part to like just do the very casual, freewheeling uh, conversation?
1: I, I mean, I think that's kind of what podcasting is. Mm. In, in in like in my view, I, I don't regret it. Maybe I could ask a little bit more of like what's going on, but uh, at the same time, we talked about what he wanted to talk about, mm-hmm. and he had this rad song that he wrote called um, "I Want to Be a Tree." and um William Shatner and I share like a visceral hatred
0: for of trees f-
1: for cemeteries. Oh okay. Because think about it man like like uh it's the cycle of life constantly energy like just changes form. Right? So you're going to take this little temporary situation where where you're this body and then have the audacity To fucking bury that body in in a plot of land, that now you've rendered that plot of land useless Uh forever. You can't use that land to feed people. You can't use that land for shelter for any activities, and you've made that land creepy, like (laughs) forever. And like they say, like an an eye for an eye makes the whole world blind. Right, Right. it makes sense because everyone's gonna. Dude, cemeteries make the whole world a fucking cemetery.
0: Right. Well, it's if stupid. there's enough of it, yeah. It's
1: stupid. It's like it makes it creepy. It makes it useless. Whereas they have these ways of uh, like even like taking your body and like it's like a, a pod where like literally like no creepy tombstone wherever you just become a tree.
0: Right. Yeah. Have you ever driven by like in New York City, there are some cemeteries that you'll drive by, uh, even in Queens and Brooklyn and stuff. And it's just like a thousand times more graves than any cemetery that I ever saw growing up. And it's just like New York city where like people live on top of each other. And it's like, oh yeah, you're going to have your, like the same way in New York, your apartment is going to be like 400 square feet. Oh, okay. Your fucking grave is going to be this big and there's going to be another (laughs) grave, like a foot away from it. And it's like. The field that it's all in is like the biggest cemetery ever. So, and you're just like, whole, like just looking at that, you're like, this is completely unsustainable. Like, right. there's way too many dead people. And it's not like they just pull out some of the graves. Once they're like 100 years old, I oh, don't know, we're going to pull this one out and put another think one in. I they
1: actually in. do do that. I mean, they I think do. They, 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 like, I saw a comment on uh like oh. the, the shatner conversation where they're like yeah you kind of rent it for a while and after like 60 years or so they will just yank you out wow. which seems like totally disrespectful and creepy in its own right but but when you talked about the the limited space I imagined like you know uh how they do like car, compactors They'll just smash big-ass cars into, like, little cubes. Yeah. Can, you, can you imagine them doing that with fucking human bodies?
0: <laughs> yeah, that. <laughs> but just to make the, the cemetery as, as economical as possible.
1: Right. <laughs> just smashing the body into a cube. Did you give me the thumbs up that they actually do yank out the... the...
0: Oh, yeah, because, I mean, once I'm gone... At a certain point, yeah, like once everybody who knew me is right. gone. But that's why I like when they have the grave that is like has my name, it's got my my dad's name, my grandfather's name. Right. But then like what, my kid has to go all the way to fucking New Hampshire to.
1: I know, but it's just, such an exercise in futility and stupidity. Whereas like planting a tree like, actually benefits the environment, right? Mm. Like, uh, they're cutting down the rainforest wholesale to make room for fucking McDonald's cows and shit. Like, I mean, maybe we could counteract them cutting down the fucking rainforest by turning every dead person into a tree. Yeah. That'd be sick. But, dude, sorry to to jump back to the, the content addiction thing. No, for sure. But think about this, dude. How much more of a fucking punishment prison has become since everybody got addicted to their cell phones? Mm. Can you imagine like like being in being in jail always sucked, but like now being in jail when you're used to like constantly fucking having like this uh, stimulation, this this dopamine like from the phone, and now you're just sitting in a cell like. You don't have shit.
0: But I'm going to let you in on a dirty secret, which is a huge percentage of those dudes have phones. Right. Like a gigantic percentage. Like
1: I thought you were going to say that the people who are in prison and, like, don't have phones, like, are way better off. And you'd probably be right. Well, I have, I, I
0: have heard that argument of people yeah. saying that once you have a phone in prison, it fucks you up way worse. Because think about just looking at people's Instagram stories. like I could look at Instagram stories for 20 minutes right now and see hundreds of people that I know having a great time with their friends, their families, they're at concerts, they're out buying clothes, they're out cooking food, making food, like all of these great things that give your life meaning. But then, you know, I'm stuck in this tiny little cell. Like, I I could imagine that making it really fucking hard. But some prisons, they're actually, like, giving you a tablet now to, like. Because think about it. If you want these guys to not kill each other and not beat the fuck out of each other, the best thing you could do is give them a phone. I mean, it makes sense. Dude,
1: I had had another guest on my podcast just, like. And and we didn't even say his name. It's just, like, death row inmate. You know, like (laughs) I wanted to talk to a death row inmate for the longest time. Um, And uh, we found a guy who spent, I forget what it was, but like 20 some years Uh on death row and uh, got his um, death row um, status, whatever, commuted to life in prison. Mm -hmm. And then he got his life in prison, like, I don't know, like down to parole. And then he got... Paroled, and then he got actually out on parole. Mm. So, like, it, it was, he, he was just, he's a free freak guy. Right. And he explained how he murdered somebody. Really? Just, like, completely, like, like, and, and he explained it in, in a fashion of, like, like being remorseful and everything. But, but, it was just an interesting conversation. Like, I want, we, we got to hear from this guy, like, what what's it like being on death row? Mm. Like, what's it like? How does that compare to being, like, in normal prison? Mm. And, like, in and, and all of it. And it's just, like, super interesting. And the amount of backlash that, that you know, pe- people just man, this guy, like, we're we giving this guy a platform. He killed, you know. The guy spent a long, long time in prison, you right. know. And I'm not, like like glorifying what he did I'm not I'm just I was very very objective just I was interested to to you know ask questions about prison and stuff
0: Right yeah. and
1: and the guy did say like he described the TV that he had in his cell on death row and then when he went from death row to normal prison I think he brought the same TV Really and, it's like uh, a little
0: ass TV. A his lot of death row right.
1: setup was way sicker too. I, I seem to recall. Really, bigger room rather like. You know. So
0: I was on a podcast the other day, and someone, uh, you know, it was a whole conversation about snitching, and they basically like were trying to basically prove that somebody snitched. So they called the guy that he allegedly snitched on. So they're calling him on his iPhone in prison. <laughs> this guy is doing life, and we called him, and we're talking to him, and just listening like having a brief conversation with someone who is presently doing life in prison was just heavy as fuck to just be speaking to him on some regular shit and just trying to think about what his life is like you know because it's, it's tough to even talk to somebody who's doing a couple years in prison never mind fucking life yeah like this is a guy who has no reason to have any kind of hope or faith that things are going to get better in almost any way
1: right right I mean, it didn't sound like you were talking to him on some regular shit. You were talking to him investigating whether or not he got snitched on.
0: Yeah, yeah, basically. But, like, his, <laughs> him calling this other person a snitch and, like, just hearing the level of anger that he had about it and just how, like, fucking just annoyed he was because it's like, oh, cool, like, I lost my whole fucking life. i got to sit in this box for my whole life. Right. It's just like, wow, like, I can't even believe him. am having it this like, conversation.
1: I mean, the whole, like, don't snitch thing. In my view, if you if it's really important to you to not snitch ever, then like the only real way to accomplish that goal is to kind of be law abiding,
0: right? I kind of agree, yeah, for the most part.
1: Human nature dictates that anybody who's facing like serious time, like serious consequences is gonna snitch.
0: And the older you get, and the more examples you see, and the more you see how people actually behave, the more it becomes like, oh yeah, like, how on earth could I expect a couple dozen gang members to all be a part of this criminal conspiracy and not ever tell? Like, no,
1: they're telling, right. they gotta tell. Plus, it's so, to me, To me, it's just so counterintuitive. That like snitching is this terrible, terrible thing that you do not do, and there's this all this integrity and honor and not snitching, like. But robbing people's fine, yeah. <laughs> you know, like har- harming people is okay. Like, right. what about all the illegal stuff? Like, what about all like the like like the violence, like mean stuff? Like, how? Why is snitching such a big problem if all the rest of that? Stuff's okay. Right.
0: It's like you just, How pick, about just be
1: a good guy?
0: And, and it's the one, it's the one sin that gets in the way of stopping people from committing other bad acts. And that's why snitching has to be such a priority. Like you could kill someone, but right. you can't tell the cops who killed someone. Right. It is kind of hard to imagine why this is.
1: It, it all just doesn't add up or check out. And, uh, you know, I'm not like trying to be holier than now. Like, Oh, I'm a good guy. I mean, I get it. You know, do dude thing. But let's just be realistic that anybody who's really, really looking at hard time, you know, et cetera, is going to snitch. And think
0: about, like, who you're basically committing crimes with if you're a dude who's in the streets, like if you're a drug dealer. Your entire clientele are people who are, by definition, frazzled, untrustworthy, and (laughs) not the kind of people that you would want to enter into conspiracy with because there are people who are literally— under the spell, under the control of whatever drug that they're hooked on. So even if you're, like, a Coke dealer or a heroin dealer or whatever, and you have 20 clients, I mean, like, what the fuck is stopping them from telling the cops exactly who they're getting shit from the second that they get caught? I mean, these are people who are not in complete control of their brain, basically, by definition.
1: Right, for sure. Yeah.
0: You ever, oh, I, the look on your face, I could tell you told on somebody before.
1: No, 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 no. <laughs> I mean, I don't, I don't have, like, uh you know, I mean, I can like, confirm that if I was in like real trouble and facing like real time, like I would, I'm sure like everybody else, I would snitch. Yeah, but uh,
0: but I couldn't really see myself getting into like a serious criminal conspiracy at this point in my life. It just doesn't seem worth yeah. it.
1: Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah I, I'm I'm with you. Um, I don't know, and I'm like such like a a 12 step nerd. Mm. Like like today, I we were filming this thing with. Uh, like a liquid death vending machine, I wanted to lower it onto the platform of my new like half pipe in my backyard. Right, wouldn't fit. <clears throat> we tried to do it with a helicopter, whatever. Had to do it with a crane. So while the crane there is there, my buddy's flying the drone, but the drone's nowhere near the vending machine in the air. And I got grumpy. I like yelled at him like God damn! Like now he's missed the shot. Like I'm screaming like Okay, now we gotta put the Get the crane operator to lift the vending machine all the way back up into the air, and get the drone on. And and just the way that I was like giving these directions for for shooting the drone, like I I, I was grumpy and I was I was like yelling and 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 like I lasted about five minutes after that, and I was like, "Hey man, I'm sorry for talking to you like that about the you know mm. <laughs> like like my threshold for like do doing like." wrong is like just so you know
0: that's dope though that you're even in that state where you're thinking about that because I feel like that's something that happens to people as they become successful as they start to feel like it's kind of their right to treat everybody around them like shit and you really have to like can't fight back yeah. against that you know because yeah. that's like your worst impulse being indulged but almost everybody as they become successful starts to treat everybody like they're better than them at least for a while before maybe you get a reality check and you kind of reel it back in
1: there's there's absolutely growing pains mm. involved and i'm so glad that that it's been like what like 23 years since uh, like jackass became a thing mm-hmm. and I got to go through my growing pains Before everybody had a video camera in their pocket, right, you know uh, But yeah, and like the other day when uh, you know when I ended up bailing out like that was that, that was bitch shit dude, like uh, You know, there was sure there was a misunderstanding on like the schedule and I thought we were but like, I handled it poorly, and, and uh, I, I feel I owe it to you to acknowledge that.
0: No, yeah. I, I, I felt guilty, too, because I was just like, goddamn, like, I hate, um, I hate the idea of somebody right. waiting on me and then me not being there, and then you having this assumption that I think I'm too important to show up, even though, like, once we kind of saw the screenshots of what right, was going right, on, right. we sort of realized, like, oh.
1: Right. But it's just <laughs> another example of where, like, I you know, like, I, when we started off, I said, let's start off by talking about what a kook I am. You right know, like— I think accountability is a big deal.
0: I went to an AA meeting a couple of months ago because I got a buddy of mine who started going to AA meetings and he just asked me, he's like, you want to go to one? You want to see what it's like? I said, okay, sure. And so I went and it was like an all guys meeting at a church in Glendale. And it was, it had like a very, like they were telling me about how there's different vibes at all of them and that this one was very like a bunch of older guys who are all drinking black coffee at like 10 PM, sure. which is kind of freaked me out. Like, how are you guys going to go to bed? That's insane. And uh, yeah, I mean, it, it was kind of weird too because like one of the guys told me, he goes, Hey, when they go around the room and everybody's saying like, my name is John, I'm an alcoholic. I've been clean for three years, whatever. They're like, just, just do it. Just roll with it. Don't, don't say that you're not an alcoholic. So I'm like, okay. And I, I said,
1: it so sounds like that was a closed meeting
0: uh i don't know like i think anybody could kind of show up right but i just said like yeah i've been clean since uh 2019 which is that is kind of like when the actual partying part of my life stopped even though i'll still have a few drinks (laughs) here and there
1: would have been so funny if you said hi my name's adam i'm california sober
0: (laughs) (laughs) because people really say that a lot now i've never heard
1: that in a meeting but it'd be it'd be really funny okay
0: they were telling me that sometimes you go to meetings in like silver lake or something and that you could catch like a super hipster vibe oh, where yeah. everybody is for like sure. really pompous. Like have you, w- what's your, your average about group?
1: Pompous, but, but like, I, I don't necessarily associate hipster with pompous, okay. but yeah, like, you know, for sure. And, um, like within the sober community, like there's some, meetings that people like get straight dolled up to go to like right now like it's like the you know the the super like cool kid like and and i i absolutely have room in my recovery to go to fun meetings that are that feel more like social events Mm -hmm. than meetings
0: but dude, it's got to be weird for you cuz it's it's a fucking Stevo meet and greet every time you go, right? Like I'm sure once you've been to it a bunch of times, people start treating you like a normal guy, but like some percentage of the time it's just got to turn into like, "Hey, it's Stevo. Let's hang out with Stevo."
1: Like um it actually helped me um you know, like t- to have boundaries like if somebody if I am at a meeting and someone says, "Hey, can I get a photo?" Mm-hmm. like like I'm just conditioned to say out of respect for the program i don't take photos at meetings okay you know like if somebody wants me to sign like some like out of respect for the program like i, I don't do that um and, and and the thing it's it's crazy to like in in our world it's like hey will you do my podcast right you know, like or in in the comedy world it's like hey will you you know we we get on my show at the laugh factory and do like 10 15 minute set you know like and and then in in the recovery world it's hey will you, you know we speak at my meeting mm. and that's like the main thing like if, if i go if I, when i go out to these meetings like i know i'm not getting out of there without somebody getting you know right and uh it's all good i i, I do it
0: did you see a lot of love connections happening at these meetings though
1: um I don't know that you see them happening, but they're definitely happening.
0: Yeah, because my buddy that I went to the thing with, he told me he's like, "Yeah, I got a girl. Like, I met her at the meeting. Like, fucking now we're, we're crazy over each other. We just went to Tijuana." I'm like, "What the fuck? Like, you found a, a whole new girl? Like, and you, you kind of by definition have a bunch in common because you're both kind of fighting the same demon, right?" Right.
1: right. I mean, it's just the, the the question is how long has the person who you are uh, hooking up with how long have they been in the program? Because mm. like it's, it's a pretty solid recommendation to not really get involved in relationships for like your first year. Right. You know, you want to like kind of have like have a year, like be all the way through the 12 steps, you know, like already like sponsoring other people and stuff like, because Um, there's just so much emotion. It's impossible to get involved in some kind of relationship like that without there being, like, crazy emotions. And then things go sideways. Somebody always gets the short end of the stick. And it's when you're in that kind of a situation, it just makes a lot of people relapse. Right. And, like, for people in recovery, man, it's, like, legitimately life and death stuff. So if you're going to be, like, a dude at an AA meeting, you're going to find, like some chick that's brand new in the program. And you're going to go and hump her and then ghost her and then she's going to relapse next thing you know like that's blood on your hands, dude. Like yeah. you don't mess with newcomers.
0: Okay. That's good to know.
1: You do not Yeah, like a lot mess of people with do. newcomers.
0: I like the <laughs>
1: Yeah. Wow. A lot a lot of people do and it's not cool, man. Like yeah. that is like a, that like that's something where you just don't do that,
0: man. But, okay, so I had kind of a weird experience where the dude that I went to, like the friend of mine that I went to the meeting with, he shared some personal anecdotes and stories about what his life was like when he was really dealing with his addiction and alcohol and everything like that. And some of the stories he was telling me were pretty fucking gnarly. Like, wow, like you you are at a level of addiction that I've never been close to. And then... He told me he stopped going to meetings and he started drinking again. Yeah. And that was kind of like a weird thing for me to realize like, oh fuck, like I'm, I'm forgetting that like, just because you're going to the meetings doesn't mean that you're necessarily like really ready to accept this as your new way of life. And he's kind of rationalizing it to me and telling me like, yeah, I'm not really like alcoholic like that. And I'm kind of thinking in my head, I'm like, (laughs) well, you told me those stories, The stories were pretty fucking gnarly, dude. Like I feel like you probably actually are an alcoholic.
1: Well, I mean, whenever somebody comes back into the program after a relapse Uh you know like like you can ask him what happened like why'd you relapse and it's always the same though i stopped going to meetings right i drifted away from the program Mm. so like one could argue that we keep going to meetings just to be reminded of what's going to happen if we stop going to meetings right you know I'm, i'm over 15 years in man like uh I'm terrified of drifting away.
0: Yeah, because that's one thing I always uh, can sense with you. Because I, I I listened to the Bam podcast that you did like seven months ago, and there was there's a bunch of little like weird things going on when you watch that shit because there's yeah. just like so many interesting dynamics between you guys because your relationship is so uh, long lasting and right. layered, and like he's kind of talking about his addiction, his alcoholism as if he's got a hold of it now. He, right. was, he made some dumb decisions. He, he didn't know how to do it right. And now he's better. He's fine. Right. And I'm watching you listen to him and you seem like deeply uncomfortable with this attitude because you're somebody who's like a real, you know, you really care about staying sober so much and you just know, And I would never hear somebody like you just talk like the battle is over. Like it's oh, always yeah, continuing on. Right. And so like, yeah, I don't know. Like w- when you did that podcast and, like, obviously he relapsed probably within, like, a couple of weeks of that or a month or something like that. Like
1: Days, hours.
0: Yeah. <laughs> what, what, what was your perspective on him sort of acting like his, his battle was already done, I guess? I
1: mean, I think that uh, it, it's always been, like, pretty evident um, within, like, a minute of me checking in with Bam that, like, okay, he's still not ready. Mm you know and that's me uh like having visited him at so many different rehabs and stuff like you know like he's been on this rehab jail psych ward tour mm. for years now right and like i've never tried to like push sobriety on him like i've always uh just like kind of let him do his thing and if he's in a rehab then I'll take that like opportunity to go visit him in the rehab like oh, okay so now you're here you're giving it a shot like I'm, I'm here to help you like you know what do you think so like what's the plan now and every time it's like oh, okay nothing's gonna change like you can just tell
0: right oh, man that's so crazy like just because you want you want that for him so Not badly
1: For sure, for sure I mean like I, I I would love nothing more than for him to be happy and healthy and like get get everything back and you know right we especially like selfishly if he was killing it like he, he would be killing it on our digital side of you know I feel like not Knoxville is always gonna be like on like the you know the old school right like you know like. It, it's a weird analogy but uh you know like howard Stern I, you think of him as like very like like traditional like old school establishment entertainment industry mm-hmm. and then there's rogan who's like digital you know and like uh Knoxville is like of the howard Stern kind of mentality of like the old school and you know and and I'm like the the digital mentality, right? Bam would 100% at this point. If he was killing it, he'd be killing it in the digital world, right? And he and I would, I mean, who knows? We would have a podcast together, maybe like it would be like you know, like like Segura and Burt Kreischer with two bears, like they're so much stronger to like they have elevated each other, right? So much, and uh, man, I, I wish the. Bam was sober and happy and healthy and that we were elevating each other like uh,
0: Is it all about the rock bottom? Is it all about just having something so bad happen to you that you basically like have to get sober or, or could you imagine point. it happening another way to him?
1: They say rock bottom is whenever you stop digging mm. you know all you got to do is stop digging and that's your bottom, right? And you can always dig deeper and, and and it's also never too late to get better, right? But I just think with Bam, he just doesn't want it. Mm -hmm. You know, it's crazy. Like he's he's seen so many of his friends do it with Brandon Novak, with, with me, countless like top professional skateboarders who Bam like reveres. Doesn't disrespect me. He reveres them, mm. and they've paved the way. Right, you know, like
0: it's kind of like a cliche in the skateboarding world that when you watch the epic Laters and shit, it's like <laughs> everybody had this this alcoholic <laughs> right. streak yeah. that they had to make it past so that they could really discover their true greatness as a skater or whatever. But you know, apparently, this hasn't kicked yeah, in yet. Yeah, it's
1: crazy, man. It's yeah. crazy.
0: Yeah, because I always have this like sense of guilt because there was somebody that I was really close for years and years and years and actually when I really think about this person's alcoholism I would almost say that they're worse than bam just because it seems like he's he's capable of sustaining like some sort of a life whereas the person that I'm thinking of that I was really close with like it just really paralyzed them that they weren't able to get anything done at a certain point and like we at a certain point like I just kind of got fed up with like the abuse you know of the like this was like a person who I would like, Just be like they were my friend, but then they would kind of just be like assaulting me with words occasionally and just like saying horrible things to me for no reason. And I'm the kind of person where if somebody's like really going out of their way to be shitty to me at a certain point, I'm just gonna say, Okay, I'm done. And I just, I'm not gonna call you, I'm not gonna talk to you. And it's been a long fucking time. And it's like, I kind of always have a little bit of guilt in the back of my head of like, Maybe you should have done more. Like maybe you should have really uh, manned up and like put this person in a rehab. You know.
1: I got this analogy that that I make about like the whole recovery thing, and I there I remember saying this to Bam like one time years ago. I feel like it was like 2014, and uh, Bam was like, "Yeah, man, I feel like if I, like being sober is boring. <laughs> you know, like being sober would be boring." And I told him uh, that uh, getting sober is like, I view it like getting in a pool. Like if you're thinking about getting in a pool, you know, everybody can relate to dunking their toe in the water and it feels cold. You think, oh man, that's going to be really cold. Like, I don't want to get in. And if you think you're going to go walking in like down the stairs in the shallow end, gradually getting in, you're fooling yourself. Cause that's just torture. You're never going to do it. Right. We all know. That the way to get into that pool, the only way that you're going to get in that pool is to just jump all the way in and all the way into the deep end. And absolutely, when you land in that water, it's going to feel very cold. Mm -hmm. But everybody can also relate to having just jumped in a pool and feeling so cold, like how quickly you acclimate. You even think like, man, like crazy. I thought this was so cold like a moment ago and now I'm fine. You know, like if you dive all the way into recovery and you really just commit to it like that. Like, sure, it's gonna shock your system, but dude, my life is not even boring. And like it's so easy to jump into a pool, like when you're engulfed in flames, you know, that was what my life was. Like, you know, like that's what that's why we could do it is because we're like not okay. And uh the problem with my whole analogy is and as as has been proven over and over and over again is that you just cannot go around shoving people in pools. <laughs> you <know? laughs> like, you know, like, Bam's been shoved into the pool many, many times. just gets right out. Right. You know, so, like, as far as you feeling that uh, that you could have done more for your buddy, maybe you should have manned up and put him in a rehab. Like, eh, I mean...
0: Realistically, Realistically, even if I had done a lot more, I'd probably be in the exact same spot that I'm in now. I would just maybe feel a little bit more comfortable with the fact that I tried harder, you know?
1: I mean, I think that, like, every episode of Intervention on A&E has always, like, had people with their, they write their notes, you know, to the, to the addict. You know, the message is always, there's nothing I won't do to help you get better but there's nothing I will do to help you stay sick. Mm. You know, like if you want to get better, if you're ready, like I'm here for it, I'll help you. But I'm done contributing to you being sick. Mm. And, and so like a lot of the time you just have to take a step back.
0: But so did you feel a little uncomfortable when you were doing that last interview with him? Because in your head you didn't feel like he was actually done?
1: Oh, 100%. Uh, But you kind
0: of have to give him the confidence of acting like you believe in him because you want him to believe in himself, right?
1: The last time I had Bam on my podcast, and and, and was it three times total? I think there was three times total. Um, And then the last one, like, it was just at a point where, I mean, he did sound a little better, and I was like, yeah. I mean, I knew he wasn't there, but... uh, this the stakes felt like higher, and I was like, "Hey, I'll, you know, let, I'll bring you on tour. What do you think?" And he was like, "Yeah, fuck yeah!" And I was like, "Okay, this is gonna be my last shit, my last, my last try."
0: We're at this tour you guys did, right? Bring
1: him on tour, you know, like uh maybe like kind of get through to him, like when we're together on tour, like uh just trying to show him like how much he could be killing it. You know, like help him put together an act like, you know, and uh, and 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 the flaw in that was that I was kind of tangling up the wires of like professionalism and recovery, Mm. much the same way that we did with that last Jackass movie where it was like dangling the carrot like, bam, you know, like get your life together and stay sober and, you know, we got a movie. Right that didn't work none of it's gonna work right you can't like cash and prizes is never gonna get somebody clean and sober right um but having made that last shot we brought him on tour and then it didn't work and it's like okay i'm my message is i'm i'm here whenever you want to get sober but i'm done tangling up the wires
0: Uh, the probably the one of the weirdest aspects of all this is the whole free bam thing
1: oh my god so so whack
0: and like for a while i wasn't 100 percent sure if i thought this was pure evil but as time went by it just cl- became clear to me like oh these are a bunch of people who are Basically, like, playing weird online games with this person who clearly yeah. is deeply in need of help. Right. And they're sort of, like, imagining a version of this in which he's actually the victim. But do you think that that stuff, like, got through to him where he started to believe that well, narrative? He, like,
1: the, the the ringleader of the whole Free Bam thing yeah. ended up, like, linking up with Bam. Yes. And, and, and some like, gnarly...
0: I understand that person took a lot of shit for doing content with him when he was clearly inebriated. Oh, my
1: God. He was, he was wasted. Yeah. And, like, on all kinds of things, it would, it would appear, allegedly. <laughs> yeah. She I tried mean, to get
0: him to talk about me in oh, one of yeah? the interviews, and he well, was just so, you? like, he clearly didn't know who I was, and he's like, ah, fucking Adam-22, whatever, man. Does, like, she have, does
1: she have some kind of beef with you? Yeah,
0: she hates me because, you know, the Lima from Aura Sure. Girl? I basically spoke on a podcast and said that I, oh, cause I interviewed Lima and I said that I thought she was a good person and maybe she had made a few weird decisions, but I didn't yeah, think she was an evil person.
1: I don't think she's malicious on any level. And
0: I actually think the person who's been smearing Lima is the psychopath evil person <laughs> And I I stand by that. And I think that's unbelievably obvious that Lima is, is an all right person who's just trying to help people or whatever. Like maybe, maybe did some weird things, but like the, the, the the people who have been trying to convince Bam and gaslight him into believing that everything is fine. Those are clearly the people that shouldn't be trusted in this whole dynamic. Right.
1: Um, yeah. I mean, I I think, uh, it's all just like, it's all just, just craziness, man. And, um, I think what what's clear is that a lot of people want Bam to be happy and healthy, and a lot of people have different ideas of like how to help him become happy and healthy. Um, for all the differing opinion, a lot of it people just are enabling. A lot of people like you know don't get. It. A lot of people just backed off. But the common thread is that all of those people want what's best for Bam. Mm. And the outlier is this person that you're referring to doesn't give a rat's ass about if Bam's happy or healthy.
0: You know what it is? It's like people just love conspiracies and they love the idea that like things are not as they seem. Actually, it's this other way. You know, like like if you can paint like a compelling counter narrative, a lot of people like these days especially really find that attractive.
1: It's so crazy how like, the, the the information age, the internet, like information is so readily available. You would think that like fact checking would be second nature, that mm-hmm. like bullshit wouldn't fly, that everybody would be on the same page and like that there would be clarity. But with all of this readily available information at our fingertips, we have just become totally more fucking polar opposite and and
0: we've entered into like a world where way more like alternate versions of reality are thought up so not only is it like oh people don't fact check things or don't go out of their way to figure out if things are real but They'll actually go out of their way to like consume media from really untrustworthy cert- right. sources to like <laughs> sure. try to find the least trustworthy right. narrative possible.
1: Right. All like we're, we're in an age of maximum information, minimal truth.
0: Yeah, <laughs> it's fucking crazy. You know who I actually had a podcast with the other day, a couple maybe a month ago was Lil Zan, and that. Ah, oh, wow. That was great for me because how's he doing? He's doing great. Yeah, okay. seems like he's totally sober and stuff, and like he. He's like a person who I was close with, and at a certain point, I really kind of distanced myself because I just did not think that he was doing well. And there just didn't, oh,
1: right? I think that you stepped in once he started slinging mud at the manager, and oh, like yeah, that, yeah, yeah. That, that wasn't like
0: I, I, that was what actually caused me to speak on him publicly, but just in general, like he's not somebody that I ever really thought about being able to get clean because he yeah. if, if, if i took every rapper that i fucked with in the early days of this podcast and you would ask me like who's the one who's probably never gonna get clean i probably would have said probably lil xan so, to see him actually like speaking clearly and clearly not being on opiates anymore and stuff, and obviously, you know, fingers crossed that this is gonna be uh, something that he's on for many years. But I don't know, like, that just really brought me like so much happiness to see him finally oh, get man. his shit under control. Cause he, he's been fucked up on pills and shit since he was like a young ass kid in high school. Right. So, like, he, he it was somebody whose like brain chemistry really came together as a result of all those drugs.
1: Is he like productive making music?
0: Uh, it seems like it. Like, he hasn't put out a lot of music, I don't think. Or maybe he put out a project. He put out at least, like, a song the other day. I'm not sure exactly how his career's going. And I did notice that, like, he's just as uh, flighty as he used to be, because we had to schedule him, like, three times coming in here before (laughs) he finally came. But just, like, him seeming sober was, like, I don't know, I was pretty hyped on that. It's nice to see somebody actually get it it good, even if it might not last forever, but however long he's going to ride it out.
1: Yeah, I mean... It, uh it, I think it's it's pretty easy to tell if somebody is um like if somebody gets it if somebody gets the disease concept and like you know the idea of being in recovery you can tell if they're not even giving it a try but what's crazy is even if they are like totally committed and get it and, and it still doesn't mean this. Game.
0: <laughs> yeah. It's still like the
1: odds are not in everybody's favor and that's why you got to be so vigilant and mm. so like stay in, in the middle of the pack. No,
0: definitely. So what else you have uh, going on that you're excited about right now?
1: Um going out on my last leg of my bucket list tour. Um putting out the special I already taped it. Um like just cranking out content on uh you know, four different YouTube channels like the clips the channel, the podcast channel, the main channel, the Spanish channel. You know, mm. like, and um, I have
0: a Spanish channel too, huh? Yeah, you do real well with that.
1: Not real well. But it's, it's <laughs> you're like, trying. It's, I mean, I'm not giving up on it.
0: Okay, because like, actually,
1: I, I did give up on it, and then the 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 company that. Uh, They were like, let let us just do shorts. And they just took the initiative. And apparently now it's really getting some momentum.
0: Wow. I'm going to
1: shout out this company. They're called Unilingo. Okay. And they kill it for all kinds of uh, creators, you know? Like if you've got a huge following, they'll just like overdub your uh, content so that it's the same content but just like voice actors making it in another language.
0: Yeah, because I watched like a Mr. Beast interview at one point where he kind of got me convinced that I needed to invest in a Spanish version of my content but like I don't know like he puts so much work into like one right. 10 15 minute video right. whereas this is like even just today I'm going to record right. like 4 hours of me sitting here fucking talking to people right. that seems like a lot to you know I don't
1: think it's uh, Does it's,
0: anyone in Mexico City give a fuck about me talking to whack 100 I don't know
1: <laughs> Wow I want to know about the uh the incident with the the hot boxing incident with
0: Hot and what?
1: Mike Tyson's Hotboxing podcast, Wack oh. 100.
0: He went on that. Oh, yeah, they got into it. I don't it. think
1: that that ever came out, like whatever happened. I think
0: it was fake. They had like a fight thing, right?
1: I, but, but there's no. I think they
0: faked it. I don't
1: know. That's what I
0: remember them saying. Wack would get fucked up on Mike Tyson. I would really love to see that.
1: I, I don't. I mean, I don't think the footage ever surfaced.
0: Yeah, but I think it's because it never happened. Like it was mm. just audio. I might be wrong, but I'm pretty sure.
1: Yeah, I'm not trying to get into involved in beef or anything. I'm no, they're trying. not
0: going to do anything to you. I'm, I'm just really <laughs> interested. No, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, because there's 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 stuff that has like a lot of views from all, back then. That's like audio of it, like of the fight. But then there's no video of it. So I'm I'm pretty sure it was like a a, a joke yeah. that they did to promote the content, which is kind of the new the new world that we live it, in. It's been
1: a long time since then, but uh, but did I I um. Kind of building out my media department because there's just so much like, you know, I do the podcast like really regularly with like discipline, but I'll I'll go with my Instagram for like ages and I don't post anything and it's just like there's so I've got like more people I've hired more people to to just be focused on shorts you mm-hmm. know and then I've got I've hired more people to be more like. Developing long form content that's like really highly produced, you know. And then I've got like with the 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 podcast, and sometimes we do like two podcasts a week, like mm. instead of just one. Like so, I'm just trying to like kind of build up like all of the the different media branches, and um, I'm getting ready. To, I'm starting to put together my next tour, which is this multimedia thing too. Yeah, I'm. I'm. I'm pretty. Oh, and I just bought a forty-four acre property in Tennessee.
0: In Tennessee? <laughs> yeah. What the fuck are you gonna build out over there?
1: Um, we're, my lady and I are gonna get married on it. We're gonna um, open up an animal sanctuary, and the idea is to have like kind of different stuff going on that uh, can bring in revenue. Right. For the animal sanctuary. But
0: how are you planning on splitting your time between here and there?
1: Um. I had thought for a second that um that if I if I could stay in Tennessee for six months and one day minimum per year then that makes me a California or sorry that makes me a Tennessee resident mm. and then all of a sudden I don't have the state income tax because they don't have state income tax in, right. in Tennessee that's so that's why Rogan moved to Texas yeah. that's why everybody's like Leaving California to go to basically Nashville or Austin at this point. Yeah, or Vegas
0: I know I, f- I don't feel like I've I've earned it like I got to like do more with my career before I can afford to move somewhere where I'm not I know right up next to everything.
1: I'm right there with you. Yeah, Like I'm right there with you like I like like when when I even had that thought like a Wave of panic came over me. I'm like, what am I doing? What am I talking about? What am I thinking? No way I can be sitting on my ass in Tennessee for six months out of the year. Like that that's just gonna turn off all of my revenue streams and like all this money's gonna be going out the door trying to like build on this property. Like I have to stay in California and like work, work, work and earn, earn and tour and work and earn so that we can realize this dream of everything we want to do on the property.
0: Yeah, cuz to me it's like we all know that we're going to be like 65 at some point. Yeah. You know, like you you know this shit is going to be over or you're going to be doing an old guy version of whatever you're doing now at some point, you know. <laughs> it's
1: already an old guy version. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but but
0: you kind of just feel like I got to go hard <laughs> as fuck now to get to the point where maybe like by the time I want to chill, I'll be more established, I guess.
1: Right. Yeah, and, and now what it's looking like to me as I picture I gotta work my ass off so that we can build like like what we want this property to be. Like man, I love the idea of uh, being able to transition into like the property being the business. Mm. You know, like um like it's crazy, like driving here the other day drove by that big ass dome. In It's like right in your neighborhood, like Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. It's just a big ass dome. And I was like, man, I want that like on my property.
0: Have you seen the one in Vegas?
1: <laughs> oh I, I have. I mean I saw it like I mean, that that's a that's a big ass dome. <laughs> that's but a like, dome. But this one right here, so so, so, so while I was sitting there like uh, thinking that, that you were late when you weren't <laughs> I was uh, like googling domes. I call this dome company. And like, I'm talking to the lady on the, the, this lady picks up the phone at, uh, it's called Dome Guys International, DGI. Mm -hmm. And I was like, hey, about this property, I want to put a dome on it. Like, uh, and she says, oh, you know, Mike, I can send you uh, some some quotes. I was like, cool, like, here's my email. And and, uh, this lady literally on the phone says, is this Steve-O?
0: <laughs> That's
1: how fucked up my voice is. I get recognized on the phone. Like, I'll, I'm ordering a pizza sometimes. They're like, is this Steve-O? <laughs> wow.
0: That's insane. Yeah. Wow. Amazing. All right. So we're going to do uh, your
1: podcast now, I guess? If we're going to do, yeah.
0: Let's pop in. I'm Dude, ready. I love it,
1: man. Sick. Yeah, yeah. Like, switch over, click here.
0: Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. It's probably already out by the time you're seeing I think this. we're going
1: to double upload. Okay. Like, wait, whenever you're putting yours up. Perfect. Thursday is our day. So I don't know if you could do uh, Thursday this week or next week.
0: Yeah, we can make Thursday happen. Sick. No <laughs> doubt. My man. Steve O. <laughs> Thank you very much, Steve O. No Jumper. Coolest podcast in the world. Check us out on YouTube, TikTok, Patreon, Instagram, etc. Like, comment, and subscribe. And check out the skateboard on the wall. This is a very, very important piece of history right here. I'm fucking hyped. Uh,
1: this, uh, we, we don't even do these anymore. Like, uh, they're never going to. Be available again, dude. It's a dying oh, art.
0: Hell yeah. They'll be going badass. for an arm
1: and a leg on eBay, these things.
0: Amazing. Yeah. Fuck yeah. Thank you so much, man. I but appreciate But there's a bunch of
1: other new skateboards at my website, too. Check okay. those out.
0: Everybody at home, check those out. Hey.